opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. When you got a love and it's good like it should be Makes you never want to give it up Cause you know that some people die for love And I believe it's true cause I do the same for you Good morning, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California. Streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Fighting for Love. This show will help you turn conflict into collaboration in all your relationships. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer, and your host is Murray Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's the author of several books, including Negotiations, Breakthroughs, and Fighting for Love. She's a mediator for the Orange County Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel, and she mediates business, employment, divorce, privacy, and other civil cases in her private practice in Laguna Niguel, California. Mari's a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. She teaches leadership and conflict management courses at Brandman University and here at UCI, and she trains corporate leaders' powerful communication and conflict transformation skills. To learn more about the show and our great guests, please visit conflicthealing.com. Mari, what's your show about this morning? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about healing from the inside out. And as many of you who've been listening, you may know that we have been doing this show, um, a series on the chapters of the book that Leonard Simchuk and I have written called Fighting for Love, Turn Conflict into Intimacy, A Couple's Guide. And so this is one of the last chapters, and we have an, another chapter on harmony, which is really our epilogue. But this is really the last one, and this one kind of pulls a lot of things together. Because as you go through a relationship, sometimes you find that the relationship really must end. And we come together for reasons to learn from each other, to grow from each other, and sometimes it's important to let go. And so if that does happen, either by one of the persons passing on and dying or the other one leaving for a re- another relationship or just parting because it's not meant to work, there has to be a healing from the inside out. So we're going to talk about healing from the inside out, but let me tell you about my dear friend, my co-author, and a wonderful mentor for me, Leonard Simchuk. We've I've uh, introduced him before, but if you haven't heard about him, I want to share this wonderful information about him. Leonard Simchuk is an author great speaker, a psychotherapist, and a wonderful life coach. For the past 40 years, he's worked both in Australia and America as an educator, a writer, and a therapist. He was the director of the Family Therapy Program at the Marriage and Family Center in beautiful Sydney, Australia, and then he later worked with the Family Institute at Northwestern University in Chicago. And he's the author of The Roadmap Home, Your GPS to Inner Peace, which is an Amazon bestseller, as well as a fun novel, Cuckoo Forevermore, a lighthearted satire on psychotherapy, which he knows quite a bit about. And he's also 
as I said, he's also co-author with me on our book, Fighting for Love, Turn Conflict into Intimacy, A Couple's Guide. Aside from writing and doing psychotherapy, Leonard also teaches classes on writing. He also conducts seminars on personal and spiritual growth and consoles and coaches clients in Orange County, California, and anywhere that he is asked to go. <laughs> and he blends all of this wonderful spirituality and his brilliance and psychotherapy and his writing skills and his teaching skills all together. You can find out more about him at our website at conflicthealing.com where you can see his picture, his bio, and we link to his URL, roadmaphome.com. Leonard, thanks again for coming to the studio and we're, we've been doing, this is our 12th little segment, isn't it? It is. Uh, it's always a pleasure working with you, Mari, and I so benefit from your wisdom and guidance. So let's talk a little bit about what does it really mean to heal from the inside out? You and I have been talking about that a great deal. So what is that all about for you? Well, you know, healing from the inside out means that often in relationships we expect to heal with partnership. And that can occur with two people negotiating, working, having mm, different ways of improving their communication. But sometimes that's not possible. Sometimes one individual has to do the work themselves. And that would mean healing from the inside. I know you mentioned in, in your introduction that especially if a couples are going through a very difficult time, one partner may say, no, I don't really want to uh, engage in counseling or in mediation. And, or uh, one person has decided to, to leave for one reason or another. And it does mean that one person can still heal from the inside out. And healing from the inside out means that I can find ways to eliminate those, the anger, the hurt, the frustration, the guilt that I may be experiencing in a relationship and actually move myself to a place of inner peace. That's really what healing from the inside out is. So it's not dependent upon my partner making me feel better about myself. It's really I am taking responsibility to heal myself and make myself happier and find that inner peace. Right. And you know, when I deal with people in mediation, it's usually because a relationship is ending, right? And so, especially in a disillusion, a marital disillusion, and we know that one out of two marriages end in the state of California, and sometimes it's even more than that. And so, so many couples go through this, and they can't necessarily heal together because now they're split up. Or if one person dies, you know, I mean, that's where none of us are going to get out of here alive. And so in a relationship, usually, often it's going to be one will go before the other. So we have to heal on our own. We have to go through that process of really dealing inside with the grieving, with the letting go, with the boundaries that we set for ourselves with with our former spouse or whatever. So um, there's, there's a beautiful saying by Helen Keller, happiness cannot come from without, it must come from within. So that's really where everything starts, you know. How we perceive the world is really from the inside out, not from the outside in. And once we recognize 
that we have to heal from the inside out in any time that we're grieving. Um, it's a gift to ourselves. That's so true. And we tend to project our inner world onto the outside world. So everything is like a mirror. So if I look in the outside world and I see things as bleak or depressing, it means there's a part of me that feels bleak and depressing. And if I look on the outside world, that's really telling me what where my work is. So uh, it's very important to be able to recognize what it is that is out there. And as you mentioned, sometimes clients will come to me in counseling and they'll say, well, my partner doesn't want to come for a couple's counseling, so I'm here to see what I can do to either improve the marriage or make some decisions myself. Strangely, by healing myself, that that can actually improve the relationship because they're looking at ways that they can break the patterns that they have participated in. That can make a big shift in a relationship too. Right. And as I change, Mm. that absolutely changes the dynamics of the relationship, right? Mm -hmm. As I choose not to engage in the old drama Mm -hmm. and I look at things differently, the whole dynamics are going to change. So true. Gandhi said, what, be the change you wish Wish to see in the the world. world. So you're right, just by being the change of what do I really want in this relationship, what do I want in myself, so maybe I want more inner peace. Maybe I just want to feel more joyful and happy, and I can actually take responsibility for that. Right. So as we do that, if we're unhappy in a relationship and we change ourselves, there's a couple things that could happen. One is that as I change myself and I'm more loving toward myself and I'm more loving toward my my significant other, then maybe that can change really for the better. Or as I really respect my own boundaries, I heal from the inside out myself, I recognize that this relationship is not healthy for me. It's not healthy for me and it's not healthy for my partner and it's time to release it. So either way, as I change myself and the dynamics change and as I get healthier, healthier things will come into my life. So true. And and as we know, I mean, the dynamics of marriage and partnership has changed quite a bit over the years. People would get together early on for survival and helping each other financially, raising families. But because we're living longer and uh, circumstances do change, one person can be increasing self-awareness and growing as an individual. The other person may be stagnating. So there may be a very difference of... Wow, one is really moving on this learning spiritual growth or personal growth, and the other person just is content in staying home and watching television. Right. And and there may be different goals for people as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. And so when you start out together and you're young and you're maybe in your 20s or mm-hmm. something and you get married or you're together, and then as you maybe take classes or you start your career or something else, you start to have different goals. And if you can't negotiate, those goals where I can, you know, ask my partner to understand my goals and my partner says, can you understand mine? And we can work out a way to create new goals together. If we can't do that, we don't have to get angry. We just have to accept for each other and ourselves that it is time to release it. We've learned all that we can. We've we've grown together. We care about each other. But it's kind of like that un, 
that uncoupling, that conscious uncoupling where you don't get angry because the person doesn't accept what you are. You accept for each other and let go lovingly and easily. Yeah, we often tend to think of divorce and separation as fraught with anger and hostility and pain and grief. Well, those emotions do get involved, but we really can end a relationship in a very loving way. We can really, I always think of, uh, it's easier to think of ending a relationship in a loving way when our children leave home. They can leave home, and we can get into a battle, you don't leave home, <laughs> or we can really be very loving that, you know, we are in different circumstances and places, and we can bless them, we can really see the benefit that we've learned from one another, a couple learning from one another, and just bless them on their journey. Right. But let's talk a little bit about some of the specifics to actually make it happen, because... Um, you know, we, we, we talked about, well, how do we actually do this healing? Right. <laughs> and, and as we heal, how, how can we actually let go, too? Right, huh? right. Because I think people say, okay, well, that sounds all great, but what are the steps? Yes. And, and so yes. what we tried to do in this book was we tried to really analyze the steps because if you have a recipe it's easier to follow and then you can create your own steps but to start out with something so let's let's talk first about um the process of healing from the inside out and what do you have to let's let our audience know what you have to do to start great well we've identified six steps so the first step is just observing the conflict. So if I have internal conflict, I begin to ex- observe it. Wow. Uh, sometimes I have to take a helicopter view to look down and say, wow, I'm, I'm really caught up in this internal conflict. Whenever I think of my partner, I, I feel stuck, I feel enraged, or I feel sad, or whatever it is. I begin to observe that conflict. Often that conflict is between my conscious and unconscious. There's just an internal conflict. A lot of people, we don't, it's very difficult to know what our unconscious is, but mm-hmm. we definitely can see it in a partner. Right, right, right. <laughs> so in some respects, they kind of bring out into the light parts of ourselves right, that we right. cannot see. Right. And so I, I'm a b- able to observe what the conflict is and maybe a conflict about control. And that maybe I see that maybe I have some internal control issues or control issues. Uh, right. I'm observing those. Right. Or I'm, I might see that, you know, it might be my ego fighting something like I have to be right. And then you recognize, well, wait a minute, I, I, you know, do I really have to be right? And so there's, there's some questions we can, we can ask ourselves, and I think that's the most helpful way to do it, is just have some questions that you can ponder. You can either journal about it, or you can just ask yourself, like, what am I telling myself? Am I telling myself I'm not good enough for my partner? Am I telling myself that my partner is bad? And, you know, or, or what, what am I telling myself? Or am I stuck in the same thoughts that um, that my partner is is selfish, or my partner has wronged me, or whatever it is? Or maybe I have to ask myself, what do I need to do to feel better? Yeah, you know, because the thing is, is that we end up playing these thoughts in a movie. So if I'm really caught into conflict, that conflict will be replaying in my mind over and over and over again. So by observing this, wow, I notice that probably 30 minutes out of an hour, I'm thinking of my partner. And by observing, he says, wow, that's a lot of energy I'm expending thinking about my partner, even though I could be enjoying myself uh, in the park 
you know? Right, right. Or I'm thinking something negative about my partner. Yes. And and I don't need to be thinking something negative about my partner. So the next stage, so once I observe, the next is acceptance. Because I can accept myself. This is a really difficult thing because... Uh, self-acceptance, and I always believe acceptance is accepting myself just the way I am. I may be upset, I may be angry, uh, I may be feeling at peace or not at peace. Just accepting myself in a non-judgmental way, in a loving way, gently, so that, wow, I notice that, yeah, I am feeling grief. Mm-hmm. I notice I'm feeling angry. That acceptance takes me out of the battle, because right. if I'm not accepting it, it means there's part of me that's battling with these emotions. So by accepting, it says I don't have to battle. I can just accept that it's there. Let's take a look at it. Come on in. And so I can have a look at it, you know? Yeah. And, you know, the Buddha always says, you know, when you, when you read about the Buddhist philosophy, and I love this one, is that all suffering comes from not accepting what is. I mean, if, if you think about it, if I can accept everything as it is, then it takes away so much of the frustration. Mm, mm. I just accept it. And that doesn't mean when I accept the way I am now, it doesn't mean that I can't change. It doesn't mean that I can look at ways to make myself happier. It just means that where I am today, I accept it that everything that's gone before in my life has brought me to this. And I accept it because this is the lesson that I'm supposed to learn. Yeah, so if I want to cross a river, I'm just accepting right now I'm at this side of the river. I'm on this shore. I want to get to the other side, but I have to first accept that I'm on this side of the river rather than feverishly jumping into the river. Ah, this is where I'm at. Now I can take steps to cross the river. Right, and I and I can't. I don't. I shouldn't get mad that mm-hmm. I'm on this side. Mm-hmm. I just need to be creative mm-hmm. enough to say, okay, do I need to get a boat? Do I need to swim? Um, what are my options to get to the other side? Yeah. So it's looking forward instead of looking backward. And I think one of the things that we get back to we've talked about so many times leonard is this mindfulness stuff and that is like a key word now there all the corporations are talking about mindfulness law schools are talking about mindfulness but it really is that consciousness of really being aware not only of yourself but your surroundings and what others are think you know are doing like your loved ones and then accepting where it is and then being creative about the future that you want to create, mm-hmm. right? Yes, and so as we do are mindful, then we move really the two key things that often are talked about today is mindfulness and forgiveness. Yes. Because that really is the third step. We observe, we accept, then we forgive. Now, we talked in an earlier chapter about forgiveness using the three R's, recognize, uh, release, and resolve. So forgiveness really is about letting go. That's really what it is. Just letting go of wanting to hold on to a particular emotion. Now, that's not that easy, as we or know. Or holding on to the past, mm-hmm. you know, or living in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when the word forgive, you mean it means to give up mm-hmm. for. Now, who do we give up for? Ourselves. It, forgiveness is really a gift that we give to ourselves so we're not chained to the negativity of the past. So if I forgive my ex-spouse, 
I'm, I, you know, you might say, well, why would you let him off the hook for all that he did to you? You know, it may be letting him off the hook, but I, I doubt it because he has his own karma. But it really lets me off the hook. Mm-hmm. I'm not hooked to the past. Right, and, and that really is the third R, is resolving it. Because when I feel resolved, it means I have a sense of inner peace. So if I look at a partner, look at someone who's caused me harm, I've been able to process it, shift my thinking, and I just feel at peace. Wow, these are the lessons I've learned. Maybe I've learned not to be a victim, or I've learned to establish more boundaries, or I've learned to to listen to my intuition. You know, these are things I've learned, and thank you, teacher, for giving me these lessons so I can learn them. And then there's a sense of inner peace. means I've resolved it. Right, and when you just said what I think is so important is that you don't forget what happened because if you were to say i forget what happens then there's no learning and you're talking about learning right so if i let go of the anger and the pain and the resentment but i keep the remembering then i won't make the same mistake or i won't get caught in the same kind of position i will remember enough to either watch my boundaries or take care of myself or not put myself in a position or maybe not be with that person again. Yes, so yeah. true. So, and, and just just as part of letting go. You know what is so interesting in working with couples, Mari, is that often it's difficult for a couple or individuals to say, I'm sorry, mm. please forgive me, I apologize. It's very difficult for some individuals to say, you know, that was my mistake. I made a mistake. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. But that's part of the forgiveness is just letting go. And uh, because often in relationships, we have to be right. And I make mistakes. You make mistakes. So, you know, when I make a mistake, let me just acknowledge my mistake and say, geez, I made a mistake. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was reading something recently, and I can't remember where I was reading it, but they took the word mistake, and I thought that was really interesting because if I take something and I miss the mark, Ah. so I don't have to beat myself up, I can say, ah, I, I, I took that in a way that I shouldn't have, or that was a miss mark, so... I can learn from that. Mm-hmm. And and so, yeah, in, in mediation often, when I see things where I, I can feel that energy of anger underneath and that resentment, and it's really interfering with us moving forward and dividing community property and having a good relationship for the kids, I'll ask the parties to please, in all genuineness and from their heart rather than their head, to, to just say, I'm sorry. Mm. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt you. I'm, I, you know, I did what I did because it was something that I did the best I could at the time. Yeah. But I really am sorry. And I can tell you that the room, the energy in the room just softens. Yes. And the other party says, I'm sorry too. And they don't want to get back together. But I often see tears and i feel like crying and i sometimes (laughs) cry with them but there is such a shift in energy 
when you say, I'm sorry that I didn't mean to hurt you. I was just taking care of myself. So really, when you're talking about when there's a shift of that energy through forgiveness, then we can move to the fourth step. Yes. And the fourth step is just to clarify what it is that I desire. What do I desire in my yeah. love life? What do I desire? So right. as the energy is shifting from for, through forgiveness, then I can say, well, what do I really desire? I desire to have more fun. I desire to laugh more. I desire to... Connect. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I desire less fighting, less struggling, you know? I mean, that is, that's so important to know what you really want because as you replace what you really want, it can dissipate what you don't want, and, you know? And often that we, we end up saying or being clear, this is what I don't want. Right. But to say, no, this is what you do want. What do you want? Well, I don't want right. him to argue with me. <laughs> or I don't want her to do this. But what do you want? Right. And because it, it's so easy to say what you don't want. Yes. But no one can. I can't meet your needs if you tell me what you don't want. But I can meet your needs if you tell me what you do want. Yes. I want you to talk to me in a sweet manner. I want you to tell me that you love me. I want you to put your arms around me when I'm feeling sad. I want to cuddle with you at night. Those are the things that then, you know, I think it's easier for um, a, a significant other to meet needs when they know what you do want, because otherwise they're guessing. Right. And sometimes they're guessing inaccurately and if inaccurately, then, you know, you should know what I want. And <laughs> if you really love me, you would right. know what I want. And, right. and there's just all these mind games. Right. So once you know what you want then you can imagine it in your mind. That's so, the fifth step. Yeah, imagine. that's the next step. Mm -hmm. So once you know what you want, you have clarity about what you want, you can write down, this, this is what's really important to me. This is what I do want in a relationship. Then you can actually imagine that with your partner. And if your partner isn't there, if you've broken up and if you've allowed yourself to have that healing and you've allowed yourself to grieve and, and let that go, and then you imagine what you do want, you can write it out, whatever you want, then that is like an energy pull, right? Absolutely. The imagination means you're using your feelings to really create. It's like being more purposeful with your thoughts, being very intentional. The power of intention is really great. So you know what you need, and then you can imagine, imagine your needs being met. Imagine this relationship. If you're broken up, you can imagine what is the next relationship that I would like to have in my right. life. Mm -hmm. Right, right. So you could even see yourself walking down a beach, and you, you're with that person, and you don't know exactly what they look like, but you're holding hands, you're talking, you're laughing, you can see that connection. You can you can almost see a bubble of, of quartz pink light around you. You can really visualize what you want, and then that magnetizes what you will be getting. Yes, you can imagine your love, the love flowing into your life. And then once you imagine it, the last step is that you actually take action, that you think, what can I do now to move myself into satisfying my needs and satisfying whatever I'm imagining. And the taking action is your last step. It's like, this is what my intention is, and how can I step forward to actually make this occur? It may be as simple as doing things that are more joyful, going for a walk in the park or by the beach. 
calling or doing a those things that you want to do with someone else. Yes. And then they appear in that. Yes. So, so. I want someone who has similar interests, so I'm going to go to right. clubs or something that has those interests. Right, mm-hmm. right. So we're just about out of time, but that kind of brings us to this whole step where we try and make a relationship work. We we work with our partner to do it, and if our partner passes on or our partner moves on or we move on jointly, um, then we know that we're open and receptive because we've healed from the inside out, and we bring that all back in. So that's a good wow. way to end. That's a good way in. So we're we're bringing our harmony because the next uh, chapter will be on harmony. So we can actually bring harmony and our peace from yes. the inside out. It'll make a much better world. That's right. So thank you so much. It's always such a pleasure pleasure working with Great you, Leonard. Great being with you, Mari. Yeah. So you've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8.30 a.m. and visit our website at conflicthealing.com. Thank you. Some people die for love. And I believe it's true because I do the same for you. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.